Okay, season two, The Car Salesman. I'm very excited to talk about this episode. Well, season two is good. Season two is better than season one. We both know that. Season two is fantastic. Yeah, it, it's a good season. I'm, I'm pumped. So, so take us away. And I think they really start off on like an awesome foot this here is with a great The Car episode. Salesman. It's always been one of my favorites. It, it, maybe my favorite in season two, although that'll probably change as we go through all of them. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm partial to season two, episode three, but continue. Okay. I love that this starts with Larry just sitting in bed, like, bag of chips, watching Maury. And the things that are just on TV, like, on... Did you read the descriptions of what these kids said on the screen? I, I actually did, but I, I can't remember them now. But what are they all, like, 13-year-old, like, like... Yeah, like, I'm afraid my 13-year-old daughter will kill me. Yeah. Jennifer, age 13, tried to hit her mother with a baseball bat. Uh, Brittany, stealing makes her feel good. <laughs> I mean, do you think that was just a real episode of Maury, or do you think they actually wrote those in as jokes? I, it's probably a real episode of Maury, but it's like yeah. it's, a, it's a good choice. It, it, it is a good choice. Um, and Larry breaks his character when he's talking about boot camp. Like he, he knows it's ridiculous. He knows that everything on Maury is ridiculous. Well, he actually breaks, I think he breaks during the blubber scene later on, too, but that's yeah. a little debatable. No, he definitely breaks. We'll, we'll talk about that. Um, okay. but, but I love his like talk like oh they send him to the boot camp they break him down they break him down it was it was I, I'm not in love with the beginning but it, it was it was decent like it, it was it was a fine start to the season as far as I'm concerned so then we go to Larry and Cheryl looking at the house in- so what I noticed when the realtor pulls up is the license plate is two. Fan three two one, but I can't figure out if that means anything. Two fan three two one. The number two fan F A N three two one. But why would they give a stupid vanity license plate if it wasn't going to mean anything? You know. Call head to episode two. Fourteen. I, 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 it's exactly what I thought about, but I couldn't link it other than that. There are actually a lot of call forwards and callbacks in these episodes, which I noticed. All right. Well, so 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 we're we're at the house. And this is a great scene. This is a fantastic scene. Uh, my, my, maybe my favorite line, which I didn't even remember before, was that my father was an Italian fisherman from the old country. Yeah, he came over from the old country. He came over to an Italian fisherman. <laughs> yeah, and then and maybe the best line is, can you shoot the whales from the terrace? Uh, I, I enjoy blubber with my breakfast. And, and, and Larry almost definitely breaks it. He, he definitely, definitely breaks and, he, and rightfully so. It's like, it, it might be the funniest line. Can you shoot the whales from the terrace? Yeah. <laughs> In all seriousness. No, that, that was good. And then and the realtor says, oh, don't pay attention to him. And he goes, no, pay attention. Pay attention to me. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, what he's saying is important. That was, that was a good scene. Um, so the one thing that really bugs me about this episode is the, like, the common theme that George is an idiot and that Larry is offended by this idea. Yeah, it starts right here. But like... I find that, like, super, super hard to believe. That Larry's offended by it? That Larry's offended by people saying that George is an idiot? George is an idiot. And then he is George. I guess I'm not as surprised that he's offended by it. I'm more surprised that he's always surprised to hear it. Like, I would... I'm okay that he's offended by it. I just... I'm, I'm surprised it shocks him every time that everyone thinks of George that way. Like... Like, I'm sure he's heard that many times, and he's watched the show. Like, he has to know what's going on. He, he wrote the show. 
Yes, he, he wrote the show and has watched the show. And we've seen on episodes of Curb him watching Seinfeld. Right. So, you know he's watched it. It's um, just, later on the episode, he's sitting down with, uh, with Jason Alexander. And he's, like, staring him down almost when, when he, Jason Alexander is saying, like, George is a putz. Yeah. No, like, like, this is something he's never heard before. I yeah. find that, like, super hard to believe. Yeah. Um, but going back to the, the house sale scene... Um, I really like that they're buying a house, but Larry is only focused on the fact that the sweater is cashmere or not cashmere. How can you trust the guy who's going to sell you a house if he's going to lie about his sweater? It's true. Like they're they're spending millions of dollars on a home, but this yeah. th- you know thirty percent cashmere sweater is more important than all of that. Exactly. It almost seems like Larry actually has no like. In terms of buying the house, he, he has no say or no... All, all he does is be like, yeah, okay, and then the house is bought the next day. Like, he has no part in this whatsoever, really. Well, not at all, because he has a new job. That, that's true. Um, which actually... What, I mean, I'm going to say this, everything is my favorite line. I really like this episode. But his delivery of when he comes in, when Cheryl says, oh, we're going to move, he's like, oh, I'm busy tomorrow, I got a job. He's like, oh, you talk to Jason Alexander. He's like, nope, I'm selling cars. <laughs> like, he just... <laughs> like how like proud he is and then like she reacted that so well like how stupid like she even says like after he explains like this is so stupid yeah. like that's just such a good exchange and i love that he has like an armful of brochures almost like he's like a little kid this is like yeah. what i would do when i went to a car dealership when i was little is i take all the brochures selling cars yeah he's, he's so happy like he he says it like it's like a, a normal thing like it it, it makes sense from from his progression of meeting with Jason Alexander, now he's selling cars, so. Yeah, and, and, and then he's like little sales pitch to Cheryl, which goes terribly, uh, which is probably just about as prepared as his real sales pitch. And then we get to the montage of him selling cars, which every single one of those encounters is great. Yeah. But even before that, they do this really fun, like, bossa nova samba type music for his, like, getting ready in the morning to go to work like a normal oh, person. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. You know, the hitting the snooze on the alarm clock, taking yeah. a shower, getting his tie up. But but you're right. The the montage of him selling cars is just... I, I can't imagine he even prepared at all. That, that could easily be improv. My favorite joke... I mean, you could pick out any joke. They're all good. I mean, I used to think uh, GTS, guaranteed tremendous safety. Oh, so the GT is just guaranteed tremendous. Was the best line of that. My new favorite line is... When he's talking about the gas mileage, and he says, oh, 50, uh, in a city. And then, like, it cuts to it, and he's like, well, depends on the city. I mean, Duluth is a city, but it's, it's smaller than Brooklyn. And, like, <laughs> and that just cracked me up so hard this time that he, he's actually, like, arguing the size of cities to, to sell his person a car based off gas mileage. You know, I was with you in that, like, I used to say that GTS was my favorite line. But this time, the one that really got me was when he's trying to sell the Camry and he just like takes a step back and he looks at the Camry and he's like, this is a fucking work of art. Yeah, I, I, I wrote that down too. That, that was one of my favorites. They're like, this is a fucking beautiful car. <laughs> and then like, the, Cam- the Camry is the number one selling car in America. Uh, it is the most boring car on the road. Is it the number one selling car? Yeah, currently. It, it is the most boring beige box from uh, Japan. That there is. It's just boring. It's not a work of art. <laughs> so, so after that whole montage, I actually think um, the next day when Richard comes in, I think that's my favorite Larry Richard scene by far. I think it's perfect. 
it works really well. But before we talk about that, two okay. more things about the car sailing scene. One, me. Um, me. Dana from the car salesman place is the same actor that plays Mr. Takahashi in season seven, episode seven, The Black Swan. Oh my God. And I knew he looked familiar. Continuity error. Are you sure? You looked it up. Positive. IMDb did it. Well, we fact, don't know. It could be Dana Takahashi. It, it wouldn't be impossible for it to be the same character, you would know, it? He has such a strong Japanese accent in the Black Swan. Yeah, if you remember, they're... like maybe they tried to pull that, but it, he's acting a different person. You're right. The oh. other thing is that all of those actors who play the the potential customers, they use their real names. So that guy Avion is actually named Avion exactly. in real life. Yeah, I'm sure that that whole thing's improv. Dana is his real name in real life. All of them it's... use their real names. Interesting. I think they could have brought people off the street. Like, oh, just give this guy your name. See what happens. Um, so, so to, to move on to Larry Richard's scene, like it, Larry's reactions are just great about like how seriously he's taking it. Like he doesn't like step aside and be like, Richard, like I'm like doing this as a joke. Like, he's like, excuse me, sir. I'm with the customer. Like come back later. Like he's so serious about it. And then once the customer leaves, like he's, he's, you cost me a customer. Like he's, he's so serious. Like this is like his life and soul and like sweat has gone into like his life as a car salesman. Yeah. And, and I just, like, I really love Larry's uh, car salesman outfit that he's wearing. I don't, I don't know if you wrote notes on this, but he's wearing this, like, gigantically oversized sports coat. Yeah. Olive green pants, like, a wrinkled pink shirt, and this, like, ugly checkerboard. Like, he, he looks like a car salesman. They did a great job dressing him up for this. I actually didn't really notice that, but as you're saying, I, I can picture. I remember the blazer being way too long. Yeah, it's It's gigantic. So then we move on to the, the last scene of the episode with the house sound. So actually, are house sounds a real thing? That, that was a question I had. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're like settling sounds, but that's, that's not a house sound. I don't know what that's a sound of. Weird. Oh, well. Um, I mean, I didn't have that much to say about the end. I actually thought it was a somewhat weird ending, the note it went out on. Yeah, it, it was a weird ending. Like it, it's not really tying in that much of what happened. Like that, the house and the house sound was a pretty minor part of the episode, and then they just that's that's the end of the show. It's almost like it, like yeah, it, it was very strange. In fact, I kind of just wish that they did more car salesman stuff for you know yeah, five more minutes. Came back. I, I don't know what they would have done. I mean, it wasn't the typical curb structure of like Larry's getting in trouble and he's all these different things. They all come together at the end, and something from the beginning comes back to kill him. Like it wasn't mm-hmm. really that. The one thing that's really interesting about this episode is that it's it's Larry's episode. It's almost entirely action on Larry. Isn't every episode kind of like that? No, but like Larry is the strong like the the other supporting actors in this episode are guest stars. Uh, there's not a lot of action with Cheryl. There's not a lot of action with Jeff in this episode. It, it's it's Larry. It's really just like a story of Larry. I see what you're saying. Uh, and now that I'm thinking about this, I meant to track this the whole time, but literally, are there scenes in Curb without Larry? I'm, I'm not sure there are. Um, that's a good question. There you must know, be. Later I can on. think of one off the top of my head at the end of season 10, or not end of season 10, season, at the end of season 1, episode 10, when Jeff's in the hotel room by himself with that actress friend of Larry's before yeah. um, in the car accident, but... Season four, episode ten, the end of the producers. That is a there's a shot of them, Mel Brooks at the bar. But like, there really 
can't be a lot. Like he's in, he's got to be in like literally 99% of screen time. No, you're right. That's actually a really good point. I mean, we should think about this as we go on. But Definitely we'll... going to keep track of shots where Larry isn't in the shot. Yeah. Actually, there are probably some times when Cheryl goes out with Wanda. But... I, I mean, I'm sure there's like a shot, but is there a whole scene? Like, is there, like, a scene at, at a location where Larry's just not there, not in it? Ooh, there is the scene in season eight when Leon is talking to Michael Richards about growth syndrome. Yeah, that's good. That's, that's and very... that is a fantastic scene. No you Larry. Per, you're seeing the shit out of him. <laughs> Every 13 years, you recharge that mitzvah. Gotta recharge the mitzvah. Mitzvah. M-I-T-Z-F-A-H. Mitzvah. <laughs> 